All right, everyone. Welcome back to the We Just Talk Wrestling podcast. Kyle Dillon and Christian back at it with another episode continuing the celebration of black and gold with NXT TakeOver Dallas. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms and give us a five-star rating if you could. But Dylan, what happened in WWE this week? All right, so I want to talk about, real quick before we go into Raw and SmackDown, uh, the United States title. So... Dave Meltzer reported about Logan Paul's schedule saying that Logan Paul is the one who gets to decide his WWE schedule. Um, Logan came out after winning the title saying that he wants to be a part of WWE programming more often as he feels like, like he can prove himself to the fans that he's a good representative of the company and he wants to show up on TV more often. That being said, uh, Spoilers, he, he on SmackDown <laughs> or Raw this no. week. So I guess take that with a grain of salt. So Christian was very vocal that he wasn't all for Logan Paul winning the title because he said, what was that, Christian? He's not going to show up. Yeah. How do you feel about Logan Paul reportedly being in control of his own WWE Well, I mean, this just gives him more power to not show up. I mean, just say it the way it is. Look, he can say all he wants, that he wants to be more involved with WWE programming. And if you say that, that means you better be there on a weekly basis on SmackDown. You're now the mid-card champion of that show. So you better be there. Or else it's going to feel like SmackDown 2021 with the mid-card title. It won't even feel like it's there. The the mid-card title... is like the world title to me. Both titles should be at every show, no matter what. I don't care who's champion or what. Uh, we we say it all the time with Roman. We hate how he's there on a SmackDown, what, once every three months or something like that. And we can't stand it. Because you're supposed to represent the company. Well, then go represent it on the weekly shows. Oh, yeah. That's- that's just my view on it. Yeah, I didn't think he needed to be there tonight, personally, um, especially with the opening segment and kind of how that all went, you know, took place. I, I don't really think he needed to be there this week. Um, you want to have everyone still talking about it, and then you get to the next segment. Um, I really don't know where they're going with Paul after this. Um, maybe it is Owen. So, you know, Owens was distracted with Theory and Waller tonight. You don't want to immediately push in Logan Paul. I, I think if you give it a little bit of time, I think it'll I think it'll work itself out. So real quick before we go into Raw, um is Logan Paul gonna show up at Survivor Series? Is there gonna be a title defense or is he not showing up till possibly Royal Rumble season? I would say Royal Rumble. Yeah, I'm saying Royal Rumble season too. I would like for them to work just a quick rematch with Ray. Um and then Logan know. can kind of go away until the Rumble, but based After on what we, we saw, saw I mean, yeah. yeah. So uh, Ray might be preoccupied. But anyway, let's talk about Raw real quick, and then we'll get to SmackDown. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Akira Tozawa with the Kinshasa. Akira Tozawa continues to – I guess he's a part of the Alpha Academy. He's the newest student of the Alpha Academy, and he's trying to, like, <laughs> prove his worth, and Chad Gable coaches him all the time. Um, I really love those four. But after the match, um, Otis got in the ring 
and tried to throw down with Shinsuke. Shinsuke wanted no part of it. It was later announced that Otis is going to face Shinsuke Nakamura next week on Raw. The Miz uh, defeated Ivar, Ricochet, and Bronson Reed in a high-action Fatal 4-Way to uh, become the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. The match itself was amazing. It's the finish, I think, that left everyone scratching their heads. Um, It was, I think, reported afterwards that Ricochet suffered a concussion. Yeah, so he didn't even know he kicked out. Yeah, so I'm not going to speculate that that's maybe why he quote-unquote botched the finish. It definitely seemed like Ivar and The Miz were supposed to get simultaneous pins, possibly leading mm-hmm. to a triple threat or a one-on-one match with them next week to determine well, a true number one doing. contender. They're still yeah. doing the one-on-one match next week. but Yeah, so it, it, it was very awkward in the moment. They made it seem like The Miz was the guy. Obviously, now they've kind of backtracked, kind of proving what the finish was supposed to be, but definitely a little awkward. Uh, the Creed brothers defeated DIY in tag action. Um, after Ludwig Kaiser uh, hit a kick on Johnny Gargano, uh, which caused um, the distraction and the Creed Brothers to pick up the win. Zoe Stark won a battle royal to become the number one contender for the uh, Women's World Championship. She will now face Rhea Ripley at Survivor Series uh, for that title. Very entertaining battle royal. Not a lot of battle battle royals are kind of hard to to gauge. Um, I really liked this. I thought there were some pretty good stories kind of being told intermittently. We got Xylee attacking Becky Lynch before the match even started, causing her to not even being allowed to compete. So I'm all for the way that they're kind of booking and building Xylee. Um, and Becky didn't need to be in that match. No. I, you know, we don't need to see another Becky Lynch in the final two or three and causing stress. I don't need that. Yeah. Uh, the Judgment Day defeated the New Day in tag action. So, in the main event, Seth Rollins faced Sami Zayn for the World Heavyweight Championship. This was all brought on after Seth Rollins called out Sami Zayn uh, to kick off the show, thanking him for basically stopping Damian Priest from cashing in the title, uh, cashing in the briefcase at Crown Jewel. And as like a gift of sorts, he, he said whenever he wanted a title match, he could have it. Um, Sammy went on to say that when Seth was a hundred percent, he'll, he'll take that opportunity. That kind of got Seth a little heated and he's like, I'm a workhorse. Like I'm never going to be a hundred percent, but I'm always willing to fight. Blah, 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 blah. Um, they have an absolute banger of a match over the world heavyweight title. Seth Rollins does successfully defend the title. And then a bunch of shenanigans happen post-match, uh, the judgment day come down, uh, get involved. Out comes Jay Uso to try and even the odds. It's still four on three at this moment. Cody Rhodes comes sprinting down. Now it's a true four on four. Now you have officials and security and producers and Adam Pierce all running out to try and keep these eight separated. Adam Pierce gets on the microphone screaming his head off about how he's <laughs> tired. He's tired of all the games and that they should settle this all in war games so it is now official it'll be the judgment day finn balor damian priest dominic mysterio and jd mcdonough taking on the team of seth rollins cody rhodes Sami Zayn, and jay uso inside of war games at survivor series wow that's interesting that they're not doing anything with the bloodline that's really so, interesting 
Roman's I did him. read a I did read a report today. Um, yes, it's looking like the bloodline have any part of war games. Um, however, I did read something today that it is potentially going to happen. Drew McIntyre is going to be added to the match down the road as part of the Judgment Day's team, kind of fully turning heel, I guess, which would open up the opportunity for the faces to get a fifth member. And with all the speculation of who may be coming back to the company, whether it be from injury or biting people, um, (laughs) I think we will eventually get a five-on-five men's war games match if Drew McIntyre is added you know, I on one hand, I think there's a guy that everybody wants to see back, and then there's CM Punk, and then right back. Shut your mouth! <laughs> it's his um, birthday today, man. If if Drew McIntyre yeah. gets added to this match, they have to work in the story of Cody's phoning a friend, right? Yeah, and this is this has got to be Randy's return, right? I I have a hot take. I'd rather see Owens in the match personally. But I, I understand why they do Orton. Owens would it. make I mean, sense. Owens has been Owens has been with this story from yeah. The last, so Owens what, Owens would make yeah Owens would make sense. However, it does kind of seem like this might be an all Raw War Games match. Yeah, from from the looks of it. So yeah, um, very very intriguing stuff. Again, we don't know if Drew McIntyre is getting added. This is just all speculation going around. His kind of teased affiliation with. Judgment Day could make for a cool story. Anyway, let's move on to SmackDown really quick. Um, LA Knight was very heated after what happened at Crown Jewel, saying that if it wasn't for Jimmy Uso, he would easily be WWE champion. He had Roman Reigns beat, and Roman got lucky. Crowd is all for it. Out comes Grayson Waller. Crowd was not really for that. (laughs) They didn't seem to care. Uh, But LA Knight kind of rips him apart. Um, says that he's looks like he's ready for his school pictures. Anyway, really fun promo segment. L.A. Knight does eventually beat Grayson Waller in a match. Um, also, very entertaining match, very fast-paced. Dragon Lee defeated Cedric Alexander via pinfall. Um, I like how Triple H is showcasing Dragon Lee, not putting him in high-profile spots quite yet, but still giving yep. him uh, a decent you know match length with, with a guy who has a similar style to him. Um, so he can really show off what he's doing. I think I think that's pretty entertaining. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeated Carlito via pinfall in singles action, but we kicked off SmackDown with the LWO, basically Ooh. addressing what happened at Crown Jewel. Uh, Ray saying if a, a Logan Paul doesn't use the brass knuckles, then he doesn't beat him, um, and that he had Ray, and that he had Logan beat, and that he wants a rematch with Logan Paul. Out comes Carlito. And Carlito said the thing that Kyle said last week. He goes, why are you blaming Logan Paul when it was Santos Escobar who just left the brass knuckles willy-nilly in the ring for him? Um, That obviously leads to some tension. After the Carlito match with Bobby Lashley, Ray goes to check on him. Um, Santos gets kind of jealous at that, saying that it should be him and Ray, not Ray and Carlito. Um... They kind of shove each other back and forth, and it seems like we've gotten our full-fledged heel turn of Santos Escobar as he attacks Ray, pushes him into the post, pins him between the ring steps, and then drop kicks the steps into his leg. Um, 
pretty, pretty entertaining stuff going on with the LWO. And speaking of entertaining stuff, uh, Kyrie Sane makes her return to SmackDown mm-hmm. and aligns herself officially with damage control. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got something stuck in my throat. Uh, saying, a- acknowledging that Bailey is her leader and that she forgives her for what happened in the past. Obviously, we know the storyline going out when Kyrie was leaving WWE. Uh, this caused Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, and Asuka to come out and challenge the, well, I guess, healthy trio, since Dakota's still injured, uh, to a uh, six-woman tag match. This match ends in a no contest because Asuka turned on her group. And Asuka has seemingly aligned with damage control. I don't know if that makes her a full member. Here's what I do think. This is your women's war games match, right? Oh, so that's, oh, that's oh, your yeah. five. Oh, and yeah. now Bianca and Charlotte are going to no, go it's, it's four and four. Oh, that's right. Cause Dakota's still hurt. So you have four. So you're going to have Bianca and Charlotte go recruit two more people. Well, we already know who one is. Shots came them? out. Okay. Shots. I didn't see, I didn't see that. I've been having internet problems throughout the night. Um, so Shotzi being one, who's the fourth member? This is all that Jade. I have for WWE. So that's my Jade. guess. I, yeah, I w- now here's the only reason why I do say Jade and why it kind of makes sense is they're leading something for Jade for either Bianca or Charlotte at Mania. That's I think where they're going. So if you have Jade interact with her, you plant the seed for Mania. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be Charlotte. Maybe even turn it in heel some way down the road. Or maybe you have Jade as the heel. I don't know where they're going to do with that. But um, I think it's going to be Jade. I want to see Mia, though. I think Mia could really use this rub like she Mm -hmm. did last year. She was in War Games. She's already familiar with this. But I do think it's going to be Jade. Yeah, big match, big night, big star. Christian, is this where they finally unveil Jay Cargill? I mean, if if you're wanting to do it before the Rumble – because I, I think I still think having her show at the Rumble is the best option for her. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a War Games match. Granted, I'm sure she would do great. I feel like right. a war match would fit her style. But I think that would be a big deal. I, I'm still believe she's winning the Rumble. That's my. Ooh, I, okay. I I personally think that ship has sailed. But I can kind of see where you're coming from. And. Yeah. We haven't seen Mia Yim since, what, September? Well, well, no, we saw her a couple of weeks ago with the whole AJ thing, which I guess was a month ago, but... I, am, I mean, more so in ring. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been a minute, yep. It's been a while, and the problem, the only problem with Mia is you don't really see her unless she's with AJ. I guess th- this could be a good way to, like, showcase her on her own. And like you said, she was in War Games last year, and I thought I personally thought she did great. And with her character, I think it fits. Mm-hmm. I think the way she works her character about being this badass woman, he's she fits an extreme type wrestling. This is an extreme type match. I think the fits there more of me. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Mia yeah. too. I, I mean, your your options are Jade, Zelina, and Mia. That's your only options. Zelina's tied with the LWO stuff. Right? That's you say. So it's either Mia or Jade. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here's my final thought about Jade, and then we'll move on to to AEW. Yep. 
I like the idea of her making her WWE in-ring debut in War Games because I'm pretty sure you're guaranteed a win here. Um, if she shows up, if her first match is the Rumble, the expectation would be she match. If it, 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 maybe I'm over like being overly dramatic, but I feel like if she debuts at the Rumble and doesn't win, it's a waste. Whereas she can win in, in war games, maybe have a brief program going into the Rumble, maybe have a TV match, and then her losing the Rumble doesn't sting as much. I feel like it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a little more open what you can do with Jade Cargill if she shows up in, at Survivor Series first. Yeah, because you but can I have like, team... But I like what Christian's saying, too. You can, have, you can have Team Jade or Team Bianca win, and you just kind of tease that, you know, maybe dissension between EO and Bailey, and then it would make sense why they lose. Um, unless you had – what if you had Charlotte eliminate uh, Jade in the rump? Maybe it's down the yeah. six. Charlotte, you know, drops her. I mean, yeah, I mean, she's probably expected to win, but I don't think getting eliminated in the Royal Rumble buries her. No, no. No, I don't think it buries her, but it's like, is it as impactful? Well, I think beating Charlotte at Mania is pretty impactful. I think that's where it's going. Right, which is why I think you should probably start that story now. Yes, that's that's why I think think she should show up at War Games. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I see what you guys are saying. Yep. Um, all right, AEW time. What do you got for us? All right, so really quick before I run down Dynamite, that's another show I've got this week. I got a quick news story uh, involving the bunny. So after five years with the company, she has officially departed from AEW. Uh, a couple of days before she asked for her release, she was removed from internal official online AEW roster. And it's being said that both sides mutually agreed to this to part ways. So my question to you guys is, not only what do you guys think of this move, and where do you think she goes after departing from AEW? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty – yeah, yeah, she's going to TNA. But I, I think why is – well, one, she wasn't getting used. I think it's really a waste of talent. She's very talented. They didn't use her anywhere. So I, I think they just really dropped the ball on her. She definitely is going to TNA. You can definitely, you know, tie up some loose ends with the whole Rosemary story, and yeah. um, I, I think that would be a really cool thing. If she didn't go to TNA, if if you're WWE, she's 36 years old. She's definitely not going to NXT. No. I think the only way you use her would be in maybe like an assistant general manager way. Maybe you have her in like an member when she was an assistant to Maria. I think yeah. it really worked. Maybe you use her assistant to Chelsea Green. Remember her and Chelsea Green have a lot of chemistry together. They work together a lot. So I think maybe as in like an assistant or assistant GM, mm-hmm. that could actually really fit her. So if it's not yeah. TNA, maybe a, a manager role of some sort. But Yeah, Bill, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, to to me, it's a no-brainer. I think she's going to TNA. Um, yep. I think she very easily is going to show up at Hard to Kill, um, being the first, you know, rebranded show. Um, Even on it, right? That's my that's my prediction. I, I you know, I, if 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 she shows up in WWE, I just don't think it'll be as an in-ring talent. Um, no. Maybe she can be the assistant to Nick Aldis. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. 
Yeah. Or, you know, maybe maybe do partner with a Chelsea Green and she could just be the manager of yep. sorts. Um, so there's definitely a role for her in WWE, but she's really good in the ring and I think she'll be better utilized in TNA. Yep. Well, really quick on the um, assistant manager to like Nick Aldis or even Adam Pierce. Remember, Sonya Deville was an assistant manager to Adam Pierce yep. on SmackDown, and but she still competed in the ring too, and she was great at it. Yeah, yeah. Sonya Deville is just general, but yeah, we need her back. You can have her be an assistant manager, but don't I mean don't do a WWE with Sonya Deville feeding her and Naomi every week. It felt like, yeah, but well, different management. But go on, maybe fill in a spot with her, like in yeah. some multi-woman match maybe a war games match next year or something like that uh, yeah we'll see all right let's go over dynamite are you guys ready yep yep so my guy daniel garcia doing his whatever that is the best dance move in wrestling history faced mjf in a singles match to kick off the show uh did he win no and uh this match wasn't anything special to anybody no. to watch. So MJF goes to submit Daniel Garcia. Garcia was in the hold for what, Kyle? Like four seconds? Less than that. And then he tapped out. Yep. So, all right, I guess. <laughs> Sting and Darby Allen won a tag team squash match against the Outrunners. Yeah, those are our boys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Love the Outrunners. <laughs> My guys were Strickland defeated Penta Elgira in school's action. We had a Golden Jets promo, which of course is Mega and Chris Jericho. I am bringing this up because it was interrupted by one team known as the Young Bucks. Young Bucks kind of show a little bit of jealous side. Hey, you know, what about the elite? What about us? Remember how we ran AEW? We basically started this company up. And then the match was made for full gear that Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho will be taking on the Young Bucks in tag team action. So that'd be good. Oh yeah, that match would be really good. Um, I think that's got. I only ask for one. Dylan, what's going on over there? Yeah, nothing. Long story. Keep going. It seems like you were opening a bag of chips and then <laughs> All right. I don't know what was going uh, on. There. I am not opening a bag of chips. Chloe just got home from work and has a big bag of cheeseburgers in front of me. <laughs> yeah. So she was just moving the bike. She was just moving the bag. So if you hear a crinkling. She's interrupting uh, the AW rundown. Anyway, that's what Boys gotta yeah. eat. TV title was on the line with Samoa Joe taking on Keith Lee and successfully defending his title. Uh, at least Keith Lee's on Dynamite. The Guns, Austin and Colton, defeated the Bollywood Boys and pretty much... No it respect. was 10 seconds. Yeah, it was... It was just a waste of our time. Yep. So Red Velvet returned out of nowhere after nine months off. She faced Julia Hart, and she lost. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome back, Red Velvet. Uh, I love Julia. I think Julia is doing great work right now. She is, but um, why did you bring back Red Velvet? Next. Yeah, what do you mean? She's back from injury. Anyway. With no vignette. Go on. Throw it in there. But anyways, what do we do? 
In the main event, the switchblade, Jay White, took on Mark Briscoe, successfully defeating him. To cap off uh, a rather not-so-fun at least in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it was definitely better than the previous week, but, I, I mean, at least they're progressing stories. They're, Tony well, Khan definitely has stock in what he wants us to care about, but everything else is just kind of there. Um, mm-hmm. The women's match, Sheeta versus Storm, I think it's kind of limping in the full gear. There's no heat. Oh, it's rough. I, I listen. I I think they're going to have a pretty good match. They've had a good match before. Storm? The Tony Storm stuff is just not clicking with me. I think they're. Yeah. It's really weird right now because they really just have her come out and flaunt around with her shoe. It, it's more like comedic <laughs> relief than like anything like. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. I I don't think it's conveying the message they wanted to convey. No, it's just stupid. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. I, that, it, I mean, that's how it's coming off. It often comes across as as comedic, like you said. And now I, I assume she's going to win the title. Oh, oh god! I mean, why and not? Maybe, just continue to play hot potato with the women's title, and then maybe out comes Jamie Hader. I mean, she's going to be back soon. And man, couldn't they use Jamie Hader right about now? She's uh, more than Jamie Hader. They need they need to overhaul that roster or something because yeah. Well, well, they, they got a they got a good roster. They need someone who can book a women's division. It's not yeah. Tony Khan. Yeah, well they they need they need Tony Khan to buy Vince's stock and have him learn off Triple H and then maybe have Triple H book some of that women's division or something because I feel like he's maybe one of the only ones that can fix it. But and then uh, we can have a good old WWE versus AEW Forbidden Door. Yeah, that'll see? never happen. That'd be great. WWE working with another promotion? (laughs) Hey, what do you mean? What do you mean? Mickey James came back. They sent Nakamura to DDT. And it's happening a little bit. I mean, look, I've I have been hoping for a crossover show of some kind with WWE. Oh, they're not doing a crossover, but but that'll that'll never happen. I had an idea the other day. Um, I think about this stuff when I'm laying in bed at night. What if there was a Forbidden Door event, but it was WWE versus AEW versus TNA, where every match is a triple threat match? You get one from each company in a match. Oh, I'd love it. Oh, I mean, think, think about like the possibilities you could do, like an Omega Cody Alexander. I mean, how good would that be? What about a DIY Young Bucks and Ace and Bay? Yeah, I'd be watching that from the what about, toilet. What but... about Santino Morella, um, Cedric Alexander, and Danhausen? With Vladimir Kozlov at ringside. Yes. I, if Cedric and, Alexander uh, wins, I'm well, the well. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that match next week. But AEW yeah. wasn't anything special. No, that's, no, that's what it was, uh, and they're really limping into full gear. They um, look it, looks like a good card. Yes, seen the uh, tag match that got added to the show. Did you, Kyle? Uh, what match? So MJF is going to have a mystery partner. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're going. It'll be Joe. Yeah. I think it's going to be Joe, and honestly, like. There's some good stuff happening. I, Jay White MJF is going to be maybe a match of the year candidate. Um, I think the whole Adam Copeland Christian stuff's really entertaining. 
uh, the whole Kenny Omega, that's good stuff too. So there's some good things here, but man, everything else is just kind of really it's, limping it, in. It's just kind of there. Yeah, it's just it, it's just there. But, but um, that's AEW. Yeah, I mean that's 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 about AEW every week. But you guys ready to move on? Yep. All right. So this week I'll be talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Around this time of year, we start looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom which is the WrestleMania for the promotion. We have a few major matches announced, so let's get into it. Sonata will be taking on Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP World title. Okada versus Danielson rematch from Forbidden Door. Takahashi versus El Desperado for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. And the big announcement was Will Ospreay defending his IWGP US title against John Moxley and David Finlay. A lot of people were disappointed that Finlay was added to that Osprey-Moxley match. But with the matches announced, uh, starting with Christian, which one are you most looking forward to? Well, obviously the triple threat with Osprey, Finlay, and Moxley will be great. But come on, Danielson and Okada, again, I mean, that match. That's it's got Yeah, it's got five stars written all over well, it. Well, and it's not going to be outshined by Omega Osprey right before it. So I, right. I, I think it's going to be a lot better. See, even with Osprey on the card, this match will probably get the same, if not more shine than that match, if I'm being honest. Look, yeah. both three and the Triple Threat are all great in their own right. I like all three of them. But these are two, th- these two talents, Okada and Danielson, these are once in generation talents. And anytime oh, yeah. they wrestle, even though their Forbidden Door match wasn't as great as we anticipated it to be. Which I we all do speculate is due to injury. Yeah, it was. Yep. Danielson's healthy now. Okada, I mean, he's Okada. He's a walking five star machine. So this match, I mean, if you want, to, if we want to talk about match of the year candidates, this one's it right here. Well, this is going to be in January, so it'll be for two twenty four. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, well, two twenty four candidate. There you go. Yeah, donate thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm most definitely looking forward to Okada and Danielson the most um like christian said getting a healthy danielson is gonna in- make the match better but honestly i thought the forbidden door match was good despite everything yeah it was a bit overshadowed it's gonna be more of a focal point on this card um so i think that's gonna benefit it as well yeah i think naito coming off the g1 win against red hot sonata i think that's gonna be really interesting that they pull you know the trigger back on the naito or do they just keep Sonata strong until, you know, someone else beats him? Um, so we're just kind of waiting to see where that goes. But um, I really – Sonata going strong. What it really looks like, Will Ospreay is leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling with mm-hmm. everything I've seen and where they're kind of yeah. going with this match. So it's going to be interesting. But uh, Indy's time. Are you guys ready? Yep. All right. So this week I'll be highlighting New Era Pro Wrestling based out of Shelbyville, Indiana. Talking about some of the action – uh, or some, some of the new trick-or-treat fight, or trick-or-cheat events. Sorry, I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. Uh, Chase Holiday and Sean Kemp retained the NEW Tag Team titles against the Cask. Bashley Bones beat Lexi Green in singles action. Caveron Canyon defeated Eric Surge. And in the main event, Anthony Totel defeated Jacob Rose in a last-man-standing match to win the NEW All-American title. To cap off, actually, a really fun night of action. My MVP goes to Jacob Rose, very intense wrestler who I'm brand new to, 
but it's he's very quick, and I think most wrestling fans will love him after first watch. So go check out New Era Wrestling on YouTube. Awesome stuff. We will be sure to tag both the promotion and Kyle's MVP on social media like we do every single week. So you guys can give them a like and a follow. And if you have a promotion or wrestler that you would like Kyle to spotlight as part of his indie segment, please send your suggestions our way via social media. Yep, absolutely. I've, I've got something really quick. I was distracted the whole time you were talking about that. Did you say Sean Kemp in the first match? Not that yes. Sean Kemp. No, no, not, not that Sean Kemp. <laughs> I was about to say, like, what? Jesus. No, hey, no. I, we'll pass I mean, it could be. No one. Hey, no one. Oh. No, I, I, I think I would have wait. Wait, is that Sean Kemp? No, no, no. This is, this is an actual professional, uh, professional wrestler that we're dealing with. But hey, uh, Did you know uh, Sean Kemp actually went broke after his career? I mean, most NBA players do. Yeah, especially in that time. But all right, Dylan, superstar spotlight. Who do you got? All right, my superstar spotlight um, goes by a couple ring names. Uh, most recently, it looks like her ring name was Alpha Female. It's Jazzy Gabbert. Um, she was an independent wrestler over in the UK for many, many years. Uh, wrestled uh, actually on two different stints with Stardom, uh, where she won multiple titles. Uh, competed in the uh, WWE May Young Classic back in 2017, where she was eliminated in the first round. Uh, she then started working with the uh, NXT UK brand in 2019, appearing alongside Kaylee Ray at uh, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. Um, she made her debut in a match with Killer Kelly and Zia Brookside as part of NXT UK. The reason why I'm making her my spotlight this week is a couple days ago, she put out on social media that she is actually calling um, calling it a career. After 20, 23 years in the business, she debuted in 20, uh, excuse me, 2001. Um, based on what I've read about her, she's, she's highly regarded on the uh, UK independent scene. Um, and I'm sure Kyle probably recognizes some of her stints in stardom. Um, in which she was an artist of stardom champion, which is their six woman tag team championship, a goddess of stardom champion, which is the women's tag team titles over there, and a world of stardom championship uh, champion, one time for each title. And in 2017, she was actually listed in uh, PWI's top 50 female list at number 48. So she has gotten some mainstream attention. Like I said, did have a brief stint with WWE as well. Uh, wish her the best of luck in whatever she chooses to do now that her wrestling career has wrapped up. Yeah, she is a powerhouse. Uh, yes, very six, physical worker. Six two is what she's billed at. Yeah, very very stiff worker too. So it definitely fits that uh, that stardom uh, work rate. She was really really good. So uh, I'm I'm sure we will uh, see some of her work in the near future. But uh, Christian, what do you got? All right. So this week, my superstar spotlight goes. Somebody in AEW who's who's really grown on me the past year and a half, and that is Swerve Strickland. This guy was in WWE for a couple years, mainly under NXT Black and Gold. If I remember correctly, he was called up to the main roster, but did nothing. I think he he, he made what one appearance and then was cut. Yeah, he made one yep. appearance was by Vince and for. Uh, being too pro wrestling, which by the way, I got more of a man later. But this guy 
is the full package when it comes to a heel. He can talk well on the mic. I think he's pretty solid in ring. I'd say he's in the top 25 range. And I'm going to double up on a take Dylan said either last week or two weeks ago about Christian Cage. I think currently Swerve is the best heel in wrestling. No. No. Oh, it's got to be Christian. Christian Cage is out here making fun of dead dads. I don't know. I just I love what I love what Swerve can do on the mic and Oh, Swerve is amazing though. Even though that AEW doesn't do a good job promoting them, he does a good job with what he does with the Mogul Embassy. Uh I know this really doesn't tie into what he is as a wrestler, but his entrance music is absolutely fire. I love it. I love Oh, his- dude, and Prince Nana goes crazy with it. I love his presentation. Like I said, he's solid in ring and he's an amazing talker. And he's really grown on me the last year and a half. And um, man, WWE missed out. Yeah, dude, his match with uh, with uh, Hangman Page. Oh, whew, that is going to be. It's going to be even better than the Wrestle uh, Wrestle Dream one. But um, so my superstar spotlight this week goes to ROH's Billy Starks. She's only eighteen years old. She's been on the rise for the last few years, but I have to say her work with Athena in ROH has been extremely entertaining but underrated. She obviously needs reps on a bigger stage, but she has a deep move set, solid rope runner, and is really starting to get comfortable against higher-level competition in ROH. She defeated Layla Gray and Rachel Ellering last week, so look out for Billy Starks to keep getting time to shine. Still very young, like I said, but Starks is ready to explode. Maybe she can be a player in AEW one day, but uh, Billy Starks is the uh, superstar spotlight this week. And she's from Indiana. Really? Yep. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Oof. What part? I could not tell you, but she is uh, from uh, Indiana. But um, all right. wow. Great research, Kyle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, all I know is she, I don't know what part, but uh, it's Jim Harbaugh stuff just keeps coming on my computer. But um, you know what? Just. I no, dude, I, I didn't mean for it to shade. I didn't. I, um, <laughs> I, did, I did. It just keeps coming. So, hey, hey, if we if we win tomorrow against Penn State and happy, I don't want to hear anybody. Say oh, it. they will. They will. And Penn State sounds that good. But all right, guys, are you uh, ready to move on here? Yep. To oh, the yeah. meat of the episode. Let's go. All right. Well, I got a long rundown, so uh, buckle in here. All right, guys, it is time for the ninth edition of the Celebration of Black and Gold, the greatest pro wrestling brand in the industry's history. We'll review every takeover, and I will watch every weekly episode to better explain the build. Are you guys ready for the uh, explanations here? Yeah. This is NXT TakeOver Dallas taking place on April 1st, 2016, but how did we get here? Now known as the American Alpha, who has been the best team or beating the best team that NXT has to offer even the returning ascension undoubtedly the hottest team on the brand as I'm pretty sure they were on a 10 match winning streak beating the vaudevillains to become number one contenders on the other side the revival took out unzone cast proving they are the top guys in the division can the hottest team in NXT history reach the mountaintop or will the champs keep proving fists do more than flips Austin Aries made his official debut on March 2nd. As he was appro- approaching the ring, he was attacked by the lone wolf. Regal did not give Corbin another shot at the NXT title, so he made his newest free agent signing pay. Weeks later, after the brutal beatdown, Regal made the match official. Can the greatest man that ever lived pick up a win in NXT, or will the lone wolf keep getting his takeover streak going? 
After coming up just short against Samoa Joe, number one contenders, Matt, Zane not only wanted to, uh, or sorry, not only wanted to be on the next takeover, but he needed to be on the next takeover for all of his hard work over the past two years. On March 13th, Regal announced he will be facing quite possibly the biggest free agent signing in NXT history, former three-time IWGP world champion Shinsuke Nakamura. Can Zayn climb back into the title scene, or will the king of strong style dethrone the heartbeat of NXT on his first night? Bailey successfully retained her title against Carmella after the match they were attacked by Eva Marie and Nia Jax, but Asuka made the save. Seeing the first stare down between Bailey and Asuka, the two teamed up to take out Eva and Nia as the title match was made official shortly after. This is all about respect, yes, but Asuka has her sights on the women's title, and as Bailey is trying to slow down the most dominant woman in NXT history, as she not, or she's not only trying to overcome the odds, but yet again, but her noticeable fear of the Empress, it is very, um, I don't know what the word is, it's very glowing. She's definitely a little bit afraid of the Empress, so we're going to have to see where that, that goes on the night, but um Getting ready for the main event. So after winning a series of matches to finally become the number one contender for the NXT title, going through Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin on the way there, Joe was obsessed with the title, making this even more personal. These two amazing wrestlers, one fantastic feud, who walks away with everything on the line. Three matches from the weekly shows you will want to watch. Sami Zayn versus... uh, Samoa Joe to a three falls match that lasted an hour, the entire show, uh, just that one match. Finn Balor versus Adrian Neville on March 2nd, and Baron Corbin versus Johnny Gargano on February 10th. The official theme song is Devil Inside Me by Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, as TJR Wrestling gave this event a 9 out of 10. So, are you guys ready? Oh, oh yeah. <sighs> I uh, gotta get right back into it here. <clears throat> American Alpha. Challenge a revival for the NXT Tag Team titles. This this was the matchup everyone is waiting for, which, so basically now we have to see which team will reign supreme at TakeOver Dallas. Gable and Dawson start things off. Babyfaces are very over, and the crowd is just going nuts for them. The chain wrestling between these two were crazy. Both teams enter the ring. Intensity is at an all-time high as Dawson locks in a wrist lock. Love the leg takedown by Gable, Jordan Tags, but Dawson scrapes the eyes as the heels are in control. Until both uh, tag champs uh, eat a dropkick, Gable drops down on the left arm. Great moonsault crossbody by Chad Gable. Jordan makes the save on the outside. Double German suplex makes the crowd erupt. Gable runs into a massive lariat on the outside, beating down Gable with punches to the back of the head as the champs will do anything to prove they are the top guys. The revive or the way the revival isolates the, their opponent in the corner, just super smart, fits the gimmick. I love submissions being applied, which was expected with who we have in the ring. Love the low head kick by Dawson. This man even locked in the gory special, just looks super painful. Everything the revival locked in just looks super nasty. The tag champs try to prevent a tag, which is super smart. Until Dash goes under the ring to take Jordan off the apron. Riff didn't see the tag off the power bomb, which didn't look great. Um, it was definitely a botch. But one of my favorite parts of the match is the crowd was uh, chanting "Botchamania," and dude, <laughs> uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Cash Cash Wheeler, dude, he was dancing to it. He was like, "All right, I did it. So what?" I loved it. 
Um, Dawson again prevents a diving Gable to get to Jordan, but finally the tag is made and he's on fire. The emotion from Jason Jordan was everything. Suplexes all over the place. Dash helps Dawson get out of the corner. Uh, strikes. Uses a towel for leverage off a pin, which is super cool. So many near falls. Belly to belly. Goes for a steer, uh, spear. But the Revival's ring awareness is just impeccable. The reversed schoolboy by Gable was incredible. Jordan makes the, makes the tag. Spear in the corner. Double team backdrop. Dash was a second late as the American Alpha win the tag team titles. From collegiate wrestlers who were oh so close to NXT Tag Team Champions, there was just no way they were not winning on this night. There was one spot that didn't connect, but other than that, this match was awesome. So many great double-team maneuvers. This was a match of momentum swings. It was just very well-written. Both teams stayed to their style. Really good openers, right winners, as the two former Matt wrestlers who have been only tagging for nine months win the titles as the Revival made them look so good. The way the Revival would, you know, over and over try to prevent the hot tag, the Jordan, taking them off the apron, you know, taking out Gable, super smart, super great storytelling as well. Two new stars were made in Dallas, and even the Revival were only champions for six months, but I just felt like you had to pull the trigger on them. Uh, Christian, <laughs> what do you think? Woo, that was a hot start to, well, okay, I don't want to spoil that one yet. But this was a true tag team wrestling match, and, I mean, let's just say how it was. This was an absolute war. Mm-hmm. This was one of the most even tag team matches I think I have ever watched. I mean, the crowd was just on fire for American Alpha, and... I mean, I say it say a lot about him in 2023 to you guys in text and stuff, but in what is this, 2016? Yeah, yep. just that guy. And Jason Jordan is no slouch. The way he would hit those elevated drop kicks, my goodness. And we know how good the revival is and was 2023-2016. Wonder what happened to him, but yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, but American Alpha, they came into this match hot, on fire, and as much as I wanted the Revival to win, you had to put this on American Alpha. Yep. This doesn't really hurt the Revival that much, depending on what they do after this. I'm sure Kyle already knows. but It doesn't hurt him. We're going. Okay. Okay, good. Because I remember a few takeovers ago, I was all, oh, well, they're buried or something to that line of that. But just wait. Held the title for six months and then lost to a team that was just on fire with the crowd and just on fire in general. The writing was pretty much flawless here. And just wow, this was this was an amazing way to kick off the show. This is one of my favorite watch this takeover series. All right. Uh don't go ahead. Yeah, it's not often you have a match that checks all the boxes as far as in ring work, uh story development. Uh, and and progression, I, 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 everything just kind of worked here. Everything yeah. just made sense. Uh, right team won. Um, can't can't knock the revival. Had a had a pretty good run six months up to this point, um, which isn't a bad title reign by any means. It, like <coughs> like Kyle said, it was just time to pull the trigger on on this team, and and they put on a great match doing so. And I mean, I don't have much to add that you guys haven't already said. It was it was it was a hell of a tag match. Uh, would you give it a five? 
uh, 4.2. All right, uh, Christian, go ahead. I went a 4.7. I went a a 4.3. Sorry, I actually went a 4.4. So uh, I even had doubted myself a little bit there, but uh, great way to start the show. Yeah. So we get into the second match. Everyone knew that this was going to be considered the cool down. Austin Aries taking on Baron Corbin. Seeing a double in NXT just to this day is really weird. Um, he goes right after Baron as it shows how personal that beatdown was to him. Crowd was allowed, which was nice to see. Aries found a target the left knee of the lone wolf. Um, connects with a rolling forearm as he uh, follows it with a top rope axe handle. These two brawling on the outside. Remember, Corbin tried to put Aries out on his first night, so it has to mean something to Austin Aries. Facelift to the top rope by Baron Corbin as his connection with the crowd as a heel has improved a lot. Right shoulder first into the ring post. Now Corbin found the target, tries to break down the greatest man who ever lived, wrenching uh, his hand and squeezing his hand sorry, into the body part, uh, raining down elbows back to the right shoulder. Very smart beat down by the lone wolf. Corbin mocking the crowd, but gets caught with a massive open palm strike to the chest. Flying axe handle, knee to the spine as he traps the big man in the ropes. Neckbreaker through the second rope, missile drop kick. I loved the flying clothesline by Aries through the first rope as Corbin reverses quickly into a deep six on the outside. Aries beats the 10 count back into the ring, um, back to the beatdown too by the lone wolf. Corbin takes his time off the end of days as Aries actually rolls somehow, or sorry, rolls out. Out of nowhere, and Austin Aries wins on his first night. Um, And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, usually roll-up pins on a big event is never the way to go. So, think of it like this. You have a new free agent signing that really needs a win. But you also have a guy that you've been really building up. He's actually been on fire recently. So, you also need to find a way to have him protected. So I think the only way, I think DQ wouldn't have done anything for either of them. So I think this was the only way they could have done it here. Um, Aries quickly realized his normal offense was not going to work. So he reevaluated and did something else that needs to be done to win. Uh, Corbin, I thought personally had one of his best performances in NXT. I'm not saying this is one of his best matches. I thought this was one of his best performances continues to improve. Have to be honest, it was slower paced, but it made a lot of sense. We saw a bit of Aries offense as Corbin was also the vocal point. Um, This might shock Christian here. We're actually saying goodbye to Baron Corbin in this series. This was his final takeover. So um, I don't know if you guys remember, two days later, he won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Yep. And then he would get uh, called up at, was that 32? Yep. Yeah. At 32. Um, to me, it was so much better than the Apollo Corbin match. Uh, and I, I even think it was a little bit better than I remember. Uh, but uh, we'll start with Christian. What do you think? Yeah, Kyle, you said this, was, this may not have been his best match. I kind of disagree with you. This is the you best. think it was? It, it I, was between this and the Joe one, but... I, I think, and maybe a little bit of a hot take here, I think this is the best Baron Corbin match I've ever watched. Maybe. Wow. Okay, bet. Main roster, NXT, it doesn't matter. I mean, the main roster, you can point where the problems were. Yep. But that doesn't need to be discussed. And even NXT, 
the Joe match was fine, or not not fine. It was great, but this one I don't know. Maybe it was because he was working with. And look, I love Austin Aries, and he's always been incredible. So working with him definitely, I don't know. It just looked like it brought something out of him. Yeah, because like, yeah, because he was the indie darling going in, and right. he was trying to take his spot. It was like, no, 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 no. I, I'm I've been the one here since day one. Like it felt like. I don't know how you guys feel about this. I think we got a little bit more of an advanced move set from Corbin. Yes. More moves in his arsenal in this match. And, you know, they had a little bit of brawling on the outside. And it felt really personal. And I get it. It's in the two spots. So, of course, it's the cooldown match. But I actually really enjoyed this. And to see Austin Aries at all in WWE is something I thought I would never see. Um, he actually just appeared on my TV because I'm watching the Impact channel. But I watched Austin Aries as a kid in TNA. I always liked him. So seeing him in WWE was definitely really cool. I wish it would have gone further than what it probably did. I'm sure we, we know. He was cut by Vince. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I'm sure we know who to point the fingers to. Or kind of yeah. left, but you know. I mean, I knew this match was going to be good because of Austin Aries, but with how good Corbin was, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I thought it turned out a lot better than I remember, but uh, don't get into it. You're going to hate me. I thought this was mid. Oh, it, no. I, I didn't. I didn't care for this. Um, no. I mean, he just didn't like Corbin. Was, I don't like Corbin. Aries is 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 good in the ring, but I mean, like, there's just. I, I feel like they could have been a little more creative with the finish. Um, but I understand why they went with the roll-up finish. Obviously, they had, at the time, seemingly had plans for Corbin um, on the main roster. Like you said, he gets called up right after this. Um, it's very predictable. Obviously, Aries isn't going to lose. It just felt like a typical Corbin being the gatekeeper of sorts. I, I, I just – I wasn't a fan. I, I mean – I'll give credit where credit's due. It wasn't bad, but I don't know. Maybe I just saw something you guys, you know, di- I, I saw it differently than you guys. I just just wasn't as crazy for it. Well, what did you give it out of five? Uh, 2.5. Dude, that, that's, I, I think that's low, but I actually gave it a 3.4. But, Christian, go ahead. I gave it a 3.6. So, well, we were definitely I'm white. a little bit yeah, higher. I'm, yeah. Um, but I, um, I think we'll all be the same here. Yeah, I think we're all going to be the same on this one, Christian. What do you think? Uh, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, Sami Zayn. I cannot believe I'm saying this from 2016. Sami Zayn taking on Shinsuke Nakamura. I loved how Moro was the voiceover for the pre-match video package as we see Scott Hall in Dylan's guy X-Pac. Oh, yeah. But, but... We also see the golden star, Kota Ibushi. Uh, yeah. And, and oh boy, that uh, I remember seeing, dude. I remember jumping up and down when I saw that. But uh, the anticipation, that, you said what? That took me by surprise seeing Ibushi. Oh, dude, I, I remember my friends and I were just going nuts when we saw that. Anyway, the anticipation of seeing Nakamura, the entrance, the presentation, the pop, Shinsuke Nakamura is in black and gold. Crowd is split right down the middle. This is awesome chance less than a minute into the contest. Knee to Zane as Sammy is discovering how quick Nakamura is, especially off his kicks. Step up triple arm drags by Zane as he is now telling the newcomer to just bring it. Uh, the charisma just 
oozing off Shinsuke, dropping the knee strike. His commentary says that he was trained by Antonio Inoki, rest in peace. Reversal suplex by Zayn, single toe kick by Zayn, and he has weathered the early storm. Really solid storytelling here. A giant knee to the nose, knee to the back of the neck by the King of Strong Style. Everything just seems like it hurts in his offense. Roll through knee strike for a near fall. Zane dives on the outside. Shinsuke crossbody inside the ring for a near fall. I absolutely love the sliding knees by Nakamura, but he got caught with the Michinoku driver right on the neck. These two extreme forearms beating each other to a bloody pulp as Shinsuke is now bleeding for the nose. I mean, that forearm spot literally was like two or three minutes. They just would not stop punching each other in the face. Standing ovation from the crowd, which is just really weird to see in WWE in 2016. Loved how these two sold, how exhausted that they were. Just the small details. Inside out, alert by Zayn, rolling armbar into a triangle as Zayn kicks Nakamura right in the head to break the submission as Zayn is now showing a more aggressive side. Um, exchanging just the hardest kicks that they can deliver, flat winder face lock, uh, but a step-up kick creates separation for the King of Strong Style. Fight forever, champ by the crowd, giant back elbow by Zayn, missed the Luva kick, inverted exploder, blue thunder bomb for a near fall as the place erupts. NXT chance that brings back great memories. Giant knee uh, through the ropes, right on the top of the head, uh, fighting on the top rope, more elbows to Zayn that look nasty, knee to the back of the neck, uh, Keen Sasha and Nakamura wins. Um, I mean, what do I even say? I mean, I watched this match when it aired. I watched it last week. It's just an absolute classic. One of the hardest hitting matches that I've seen in some time. Every knee strike, every kick, every punch was brutal. These guys just would not stop. This was professional wrestling in WWE in 2016. And what an incredible match. What a war as we say goodbye to Sami Zayn in black and gold. But what a run it was. But uh, there's a new star in town. And uh, Triple H definitely um, teased what he wants to do with Nakamura and who he wants to build around. This was a bona fide banger, Dylan. What would you think? I mean, this is wrestling perfection. I, I, can't, I can't add too much about it. Perfect way to introduce someone new to your brand. Going up against a guy who's been established on the brand. It's very odd because you can kind of look at, in a weird way, the, I guess, the buildup. Similar to Corbin and Aries, but this is how it's done right. You know, new guy facing guy who's been there for a little bit. But there was no attack here. Yeah. No, had to no, make no, no, it no, more no. personal in the last match because this match was good on its own. The other one needed some juice. I'm talking about just on paper. Just oh, okay. on paper, here's a guy who hasn't wrestled for this promotion yet versus a guy who's kind of been so far established. Um, and that was just basically the story here. It was, you know, you're the best guy coming in. I'm one of the best guys already here. Let's just put on a banger. Wrestling perfection. These two have great chemistry. Um Hard hitting, very physical. I mean, I can't add too much. It's just it's chef's kiss. Yeah, I, I think we can all agree that this this was the best match that we've seen so far so far in the series. I think I, yes. I think this is all. Um, but uh, Christian, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can't add too much more. Dylan said it best. It's it's pro wrestling perfection at its finest. I mean. 
it really does get better than this. I know Shinsuke was probably Kyle. You might have to correct me. Was probably coming off a New Japan run. He was. Yep. Okay. Just a few months separated. So. Okay, so I mean, it's not like he had much ring rust. No. And no. you definitely see it here. And they really put over the whole strong style. And I really like how during the match they mentioned how he was trained by Antonio Inoki. So, I mean, when you heard he signed, you knew he was a big deal. But just hearing all that kind of makes him like a bigger deal. And then you put him against the, the heart and soul of this brand who, like we said, was already well established, won mm-hmm. NXT titles. And he had returned and... It was basically Regal coming out and saying, you know, thank you for all you've done. We're going to give you a treat. We're going to put you against who we think is one of the world's best. And you two are going to go put on a classic. And that's exactly what happened. They put yeah. up a classic. They ate in this one. And they mm-hmm. left no cr- Nope. Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, but right before Nakamura officially got to NXT, was this the year that him and AJ wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom? 2016? Yes. So that was I the last so. thing that either yes. of them did before going to WWE. So Yes. Wow. I didn't know that. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Dylan is absolutely right. Um, we'll start with the grade here. Um, I'm just going to kick it off. I mean, what else? Can you give it about a five? Dylan, go ahead. I'm at about a three point. No, it's a five. It's a five. All right. Uh, go ahead, Christian. What's the limit I can grade it at? Yeah, I, dude, I, I think somebody gave it like a six and a half out of five. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't think it was Meltzer, but it was somebody gave it a six and a half out of five, and it's well deserved. Yeah. I don't even think Meltzer gave it a five. I'm about there, so you know. I, mean, you, I don't think Meltzer gave this a five. What? Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah. I will say, I don't know if I've ever said this on this show before, but this match in particular, in my top five of all time. Is it really? Yes. I absolutely love this match. We should do. We should give our top five matches of all time. Yeah, maybe. We're going to do this after this series. Okay. But, uh, because there is a lot of mine in in this series, but um, you give it a five then, I assume. So we're all there. Uh, yeah. Just a just a classic, and um, you just can't get much better than that. Um, but we get into the next match. Asuka challenges Bailey for the NXT Women's Title. Bailey has been a great champion, defending against many wrestlers on the roster. She has been the standard of the division. However, she has not faced anyone like the Empress. Can Bailey overcome the odds one more time? And it begs the question: Is she ready for Asuka? You could tell in the introductions Bailey had no idea what she was in for. Crowds red hot phenomenal chain wrestling by these two as a forearm to the face of Bailey in the jaw, stunning the champ. The counters were extraordinary as Asuka flies off the ropes, hip attack by the Empress, snapping back kick, but Bailey hits a clothesline followed by a flying elbow. Crossbody for a near fall. Very good writing here as Bailey is keeping her distance from Asuka uh, in her quick strikes. Asuka fires back uh, forearms and Kicks to the head as Bailey gets momentum. Step up reverse elbow off the tree of woe, which rocked. Top rope hurricane and Rana. Bailey keeps the attack going with a rear choke uh, locked in deep. The Empress reversed into an ankle lock. Bailey got away, but got up limping, uh, fighting through the pain as a swing hurricane Rana on the outside was awesome. 
drop kick by Asuka. Giant kicks to the midsection. Uh, sitting drop kick after jumping uh, to the top rope. Uh, Bailey runs into a knee strike back suplex, but yet again, another strong swinging kick. This is awesome chance by the crowd. These two have the same idea off the drop kick. These two swinging for the fences, trying to get the advantage. Bailey had Asuka's leg locked in deep. Bailey focusing on the right knee, now working on the other knee with the dragon screw whip. Uh, super smart strategy there. Bailey runs into an armbar. These two are in the middle of a war for the NXT Women's title. Really makes this title feel important. The champion stretching the arm all the way back. Snap suplex on the neck. Asuka lock in deep. Asuka lock in deep. Bailey is fading, doing every can- everything she can to get to the rope. Wrenched in super deep. Over a minute locked in. Asuka makes Bailey pass out as Asuka is the new NXT Women's Champion. I know it's pretty much impossible to follow the third match. This was a banger, in my opinion. Bailey threw mm-hmm. the kitchen, kitchen sink at Asuka, did anything and everything to try to beat her, worked on the knees to take away the strikes. The Empress just baited her into the Asuka lock. Has so many different submissions that you know she can use in her arsenal. Um, as that snap suplex on the neck was the beginning of the end for Bailey. I loved this match. I thought it flowed really well. It was a fight from the first bell as it made Bailey protected. But in her first title match, Asuka made Bailey pass out. I mean, how much of a badass does that make her look? This was, it wasn't the right call. It was the only call. We yep. knew Asuka was taking over this division from the beginning as Bailey looked legit hurt. Loved how all the selling in this match it was just really good. The camera, or sorry, the ending camera shots told the whole story. I mean, how, who is going to beat Asuka? And um, that is the question which uh, we'll try to figure out later down the uh, journey. But, uh, Christian, what do you think of this match? I mean, you said it best. It was a fluke beer. They protected Bailey by having the pass out spot. She didn't out. And after the block said she played off, she had an injury. Which I mean, she sold the just absolute perfection. I if if you were a first time pro wrestling watcher, you would have sworn she was actually her. That's how yeah. And Bailey, much like Sami Zayn, is the heart and soul of the women's division. She's been champ for a while. You know, she went through Banks, Flair, Lynch. She went through the big ones. But she ran into Asuka, who at this time was probably the biggest free agent woman signing, if I had to guess correctly. Oh, yeah. Uh, unless you know something that happened nope. in Japan. Nope, you're I, good. I don't remember anything that happened in TNA as far as women signings goes from that year. But they weren't as big as Asuka. And, you know, like you said, we all knew that Asuka's taking over this division. So is this the... Uh, is this where the 500-day reign starts? This is where everything begins. So we are just in for more treats with Asuka then. Oh, dude, she's not slowing down anytime soon. But Dylan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I like what you said, that this being the only way you could have had this go down. Obviously, you're not having Asuka lose here. It would have <coughs> derailed all the momentum that she yeah. had going into this, being how, how feared she was, being new to the brand. Um, and the way Bailey had been portrayed up to this point, being this this you know fighting underdog who never gives up, uh, babyface kind of character, you can't have her tap out. 
No. I mean, you could argue that maybe, you know, she wouldn't have been hurt by just simply getting beat but with a, with a pin, but Asuka using submission-based moves, I, you you had to go the pass-out angle. Yeah. It's yeah. the only thing that makes sense here. Um, oh. It keeps and, – and, and it makes Asuka look even more dominant than she's already been portrayed. Um, so I, it's, it's, it's a win-win. Again, it's, it's perfect booking in my regard. Damn near wrestling perfection. Um, very, very hard to follow what they had to follow, and I still feel like they delivered. I think this might be a very, very hot take. I think this is Bailey's second best match ever. I really do. Mm. Like, I, it's not as good as Takeover Brooklyn, but man, it is right. I think it may be even better than Takeover Respect. It might be. I'd have to go back and watch and compare the two. But um, Christian, uh, graded out of five. I went four point five. All right, uh, don't go ahead. Yeah, I'm at I'm at four point three. I'm at a four six, as uh, that was just a banger. What a way to uh, follow Nakamura and Zayn. Uh, really good stuff there. So, you know, we're um we're right in the middle of the video package, hyping up the main event. We're all excited for Zayn or Zayn. We're all excited for Balor and Samoa Joe. Great feud. But before we move on, so they pan to the barricade and we see one of the hottest free agents in pro wrestling. We'd like to form, we'd like to introduce the former two-time TNA world champion, Bobby Roode, as he is the latest addition to black and gold. Dude, I, oh my God, dude, from Kota Bushi to Bobby Roode, I went nuts. So uh, any thoughts seeing Bobby Roode into the fray here, Christian? I mean, they really, it's like Triple H knew what my childhood was all about. <laughs> I mean, I love Bobby Roode, man. I mean, yeah. we we seen him, you know, we got to see him on the main roster a little bit. It sucks in 2023 because dude is just money. And he, he does, he's one of those guys in pro wrestling that he may not be a five-star like machine, but no. He also doesn't miss. You yeah. know? He just he just gets it. Yeah, he gets he, it. Pro wrestling. He's so. a character, ring psychology, um, consistency with moves. I mean, he, he's awesome. He's awesome. But um, we're going to move on to the main event. You have to beer money. Oh, my gosh. Um, Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor for the NXT title. The way they have portrayed Joe being obsessed with the title has been sensational. Balor's entrance in attire never fails, just another banger. Very personal feud. Two insanely good pro wrestlers. One main event in Dallas. Let's get into it. Man, this was intense right from the opening bell. Uh, Joe wanted to destroy Balor, starting with a brawl. Finn uh, dives over the top rope as Joe throws Balor over the, over the barricade as Joe was already bleeding, and it was gushing. Giant step-up kick as Joe uh, dives through the second rope. Onto the demon. Joe will not allow the medical staff to work on him. He wants the title, and that is it. Balor forms right to the cut as Joe goes right after, uh, comes back with another insecurity as the medical team tend to him again with that cut. Flying elbow Joe right after the attack in the corner. Atomic drop, big boot, chop to the neck, followed by a senton. Love the four combination there. Joe just looks like a monster. I love the visual of him. Commentary says Joe bled when he and Finn bonked heads in the beginning. 
Um, so I really like that from commentary. Balor comes back, raining down chops, bottom rope drop kick into a running kick to the jaw, reverse sling blade, belly to belly for a near fall. Demon finally hits a sling blade, but gets caught with a senton parabomb into Boston Crab, which was an incredible combination as he switches to the crossface. Dude, Joe at this time, it's really hard to compare anyone with his quickness and his moveset. I just absolutely love Samoa Joe. Standing double stomp by Balor creates separation. This is awesome chance from the crowd. Muscle Buster by Joe as somehow Balor kicks out and Joe's face told the whole story. It can really show how much facial expressions can enhance a match. I say it every week. These two clock each other in the face, both strong on the get up, running drop kick into a coup de gras, but Balor is not done. Gets too cute, caught with a coquina clutch. Finn gets up, slice bread maneuver um, as Finn Balor basically flips on top of Joe, actually gets the three count out of it. And uh, Finn Balor retains his title. The challenger quickly leaves, but it is very obvious he has a lot left in the tank. The whole story right from the beginning was Joe not stopping until he gets that title. And you could, you know, that could the demon survive once again? Um, I mean, this is another one. This match was awesome. Very physical. Joe was losing so much blood as these two fought until the very end with everything that they had. Balor wrestled a very smart match going right after that cut. Joe did not care how injured he was. Just so many layers to this match. Um, match flowed really well. I think the medical team added a little touch to the action. They used the outside a lot. Finn escaped Joe, but he has not beaten him decisively. As mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil anything, Christian, but I think you know where this is leading to going into the next takeover. Um, Joe looks like an absolute machine as Balor endured everything Joe had to offer and still standing. Another incredible main event. Very well written. Both guys look strong. Christian, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, these guys are not going to get a bad battle war. We knew coming in this was going to be a bang. And they delivered, which is always great to see. You know, it's, it's always great to expect a pro wrestling match to deliver, and then it does. Because, so, you know, there's been many, many wrestling matches in my life where I expected them to be five stars, and they'd end up being Stars. Was it Nakamura AJ on the main roster at WrestleMania? Oh God, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't don't get me to go there. I'll I'll talk to you about that another day. Yeah. But the writing was really good here, and I don't know if you guys share the same sentiment, but a bloody Samoa Joe just makes him look more like a badass. Dude, that visual. Oh my God. I remember. I was once watching a YouTube video and somebody said the same thing about the undertaker when he was bloody. This is what I thought about Samoa Joe. I'm like, I was watching the match and I was like, Oh man, Joe's bloody, but he looks even more intimidating. And I, I've raved about Samoa Joe, how much I love his moveset. I mean, it does get tired <laughs> watching wrestle. Finn Balor, of course, still one of the cleanest workers back then today. Doesn't matter. He's great in every aspect. Then you get Papa H booking, and it's just... It's icing on the cake, man. Yeah, because we all know Papa H just gets it. He He gets it. Yeah, just not a lot I have here. Really good match, and great way to end the show. All right, Dylan, go ahead. 
Yeah, even though the blood was obviously inadvertent, I mean, that was definitely not a planned spot. It definitely added to the big fight feel that this match yes. already had going in. Yeah. Um, I also like the fact that up until this point, the demon has been portrayed as uh, kind of like as he strikes fear into the opponent. But mm-hmm. in a way, the role kind of felt reversed. It was almost like Joe was not intimidated by the demon. And at, at points, I mean, based on the finish, he easily could have just defeated him. Yeah. If it wasn't for some kind of quote unquote dumb luck there. Yeah. Um, so I think that adds an even bigger layer to the story that, you know, Finn Balor's quote unquote, you know, special weapon doesn't seem as powerful against a guy like Samoa Joe, who's just, you know, he's hell bent on being champion. And that's just what drives him. And he just wants to prove that he's better. Um, Joe, by far, uh, the best heel on, on the entire card. Uh, he played his role extremely, extremely well. Smash was very, very physical from start to finish. I loved every minute of it. Um, and, I mean, story's not over. So, <laughs> we're going to have some more fun. Ooh. It takes it's... quite a turn. I will just yes. say, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it does take a turn even before we get to uh, maybe the end goal here. But, um, dude, I, this was actually your kind of match, Dylan, so I'm very interested mm-hmm. to see what you graded it. Yeah, I'm at a 4-6. Wow. Okay. Uh, Christian, go ahead. I'm at a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, I'm also at a 4-4. Four, four. So, um, loved it. And um, I, I think there's still more to come with this story. But uh, that, my friends, is NXT TakeOver Dallas. And what a night it was. Dylan, final thoughts, match of the night, great out then. Yeah, up and up until this point, this is by far the best takeover we've had. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it definitely felt like – so this was during WrestleMania weekend. This definitely felt like it was NXT's WrestleMania. Everything made sense. Everything had a purpose. Even the things that I wasn't crazy about, like the Corbin and Aries match, booking-wise did kind of make sense, you know, and how they wanted to protect – Corbin while also giving Aries a win. Mm-hmm. Um, so even in the not so great moments, it still all makes sense. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. Uh, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Um, physicality was on display for the entire card, really. A um, mm-hmm. lot of a lot of stiff wrestling, which um, well, a lot of professional wrestling happened on this yeah. card. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something big. Match of the night, it, it's it's a no-brainer. It, it's Zayn and Nakamura. Like I said, it's in my top five all-time favorite, not just WWE matches, but arguably wrestling matches, period. It's just oh. it's, it's as close to wrestling perfection as I think you can get. Um, <sighs> rating out of 10, I'm going to go, let's see. This is tough. So the highest I've ever rated a show on this show is nine two. I don't know if Kyle remembers that. What 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 card was that? That was um all out twenty twenty one. I'm good, giving this on. a nine four. <laughs> a nine four. Whew. Yes. All right, uh Christian, go ahead. Yeah, I mean for me, all these matches delivered. They all had a purpose. And one thing I've really noticed about the last, I'd say, two or three takeovers, the, the way that the match cards have evolved. Because remember, the first couple takeovers we did, 
there were some problems in the match cards. Oh, we, yeah. We expressed them. You know, there were squash matches, squash matches, which I'm not a fan of on pay-per-views. But here you had, what, how many matches were on this? Uh, five. 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 You had five matches, all with a purpose, all got their rightful time to shine. Yeah. This so is I'm, this is this is the NXT formula. This is this yeah. is what made Black and Gold great. I'm yep. really enjoying that aspect. You know, of course there were. I mean, I hate to say it like this because I don't I don't mean it this way, but it's kind of how how I have to say it. Of course, there's more important matches than certain others. Yeah. Still, the the lesser important ones still served its purpose. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than Vince McMahon throwing ten matches on a pay per view and five of them not needing to be there, yeah, you know yeah. here you got five matches. And what I'm also like about NXT is they don't over flood you with matches. Yeah, and everybody gets room to breathe. Everything gets time to shine. It was the same case here. Now my match of the night. I mean, come on, you know, doesn't need to be explained. My grade, I am. I'm right there at Dylan at 9.4. This is my favorite takeover so far. So, Dylan, you graded all out to 21 a, a 9.2. 9. Okay, so Paul White versus QT Marshall. That was three minutes. Um, <laughs> you had the awesome Women's Casino Battle Royal that I think I gave a seven stars. Um, <laughs> can you name three other matches on that card? Yeah, there was the uh, steel cage match, uh, Lucha Bros and Young Bucks, which was yeah, which is about a four or five. Um, yep. Had had you know the thumbtack Jordan spot was a lot of fun, a lot uh, of selling. Yep, uh, Punk and Darby, which Darby definitely carried the match. Um, and then the main event was was that Hangman Omega? No, that was at Full Gear. I think this was Christian mm-hmm. Cage and Omega. Good job. Hey, I'm very impressed. Uh, that yeah. match was good. Yeah, Christian Cage and Omega was actually a banger. It was just mm. overshadowed by all the other shit that happened. I don't really. Oh, I remember. I had a lot of problems with Chris Jericho beating MJF. Um, yes. I remember not. And then, and then, uh, and then All Out Twenty One was also the uh, debuts. Yeah, as well. And then Baker oh, versus Stanland are okay. Moxley versus uh, Kojima. I honestly don't even remember that match. And then Miro versus Eddie Kingston. I think that was actually my match of the night. Was a uh, was Eddie yeah, Kingston? Yeah, I think so. Miro. That, that was, was really yeah, good. That was that was a good match. But yeah, um, see that card was you know uh, definitely had its down moments, but it was just it was, it was a fun nine night. two. Oh, man, I think I think if I went I think if I went back and rewatched it with with older, more experienced eyes, mm-hmm. and not riding the high of my all time favorite wrestler coming back, you know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I'd probably lower it a little bit, but it was still a great night of wrestling. So, yeah. So from top to bottom, this was the best takeover. Uh, There's a lot of emphasis on pro wrestling, but told a lot of great stories. Think about it. We are losing two day one guys in Corbin and Zane, but now we have Austin Aries, we have Nakamura, we have Bobby Roode, and man, I hate. To put this guy, I'm not. I, I'm not saying that this guy is with or in the class of the other guys, but we have a new free agent. This is Christian's guy. No way, Jose is in the oh, yeah. of black and gold. <laughs> so remember, he was a Triple H guy. So um, we we always talk about the new era of black and gold, guys. This this feels like it was the biggest leap. 
yes. not as many developmental projects anymore as Nakamura oh, yeah. and Zane packing. Asuka beat the heartbeat of the women's division. We are in for something special on this journey. Also, Tom Phillips on his first night uh, with NXT, phenomenal job, a play-by-play. Graves was always great. Uh, very entertaining, very smartly written show by Triple H. Even though Dylan didn't love Corbin versus Aries, I think the match made a lot of sense in where yeah. you know they were trying to tell, um, trying to keep Corbin strong going into WrestleMania. Even though Triple H had to have his guy win, so I did think it made a lot of sense. Um, we are officially targeting the diehard pro wrestling fan. I think yep. that's what we're doing. We're the diehard pro wrestling fan is who we're going for now. I mean, this is NXT at its best. Um, I get also actually also gave it a nine four. Uh, just a phenomenal night. I think this might this is very up there in one of my highest takeovers. Um, but uh, yeah, that is an NXT takeover at Dallas. And we are going to take a little break from this series. It'll be about five six weeks, but we've got a lot of good stuff on the way. But uh, Dylan. What is your dummy yeah moment of the week? All right. My dummy yeah moment of the week is WWE related. It's not Vince McMahon or anything. I'll let you guys talk about him later. Um, it is actually our uh, our good buddy Omos. What? Omos, yes. Omos did an interview recently where he was talking about how his college basketball background has helped him um, train for wrestling and mm-hmm. conditioning and that. Which is all fine and dandy. But then he goes on in the interview and just doesn't shut his fucking mouth. And he says, um, and I quote, I'm the attraction of the show. They don't call me the Nigerian giant for nothing. I'm 7'3", 410 pounds. When you buy your tickets, you're coming to see all of this. When the fuck was he on TV recently? Because people are buying tickets and they're not seeing him. Who, who wants to see him? Omos, Omos claims he's the attraction of the show. Look, I'm sure Omos is a great guy. I'm sure he's he very nice. It. We say it all the time. Yep. But how can you, like, you're not going to convince me that you're the attraction of the show when you can't get on the show. Listen, man, maybe he's trying I'm to be heel. I don't, I don't, maybe it was all like a gimmick thing. I don't know. But let's be honest. If we didn't see Omos again till basically in the end of time and maybe he's just on NXT, I think we'd be perfectly okay with it. So that, that's about I think it. I think he should be on NXT. I think you, you know put, they got a the, they got a new they got a new T V deal. He can definitely work down there with some of those you yeah. know I, I I think it works. Create yeah. a level up. Remember they have level up, put him on level up, make him be the hundred and eighty six time champion there and you know, but maybe you can uh, be a Hall of Famer that way. But uh, Christian, what do you think? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, all I'm gonna Omos, and this should say a lot. Uh, the Raw show I went to back in January, which, by the way, is still my just favorite night I've ever lived. When Omos was wrestling, I was legit on my phone the whole time, wasn't even paying attention. I, and I was at the show. I didn't pay one sec. I couldn't tell you how he won because he won the match. That's all I know. I couldn't tell you how. Uh, probably with a big boot. Could... He's just not. He's Over. just not a draw. I mean, you see big guys like Ivar. You see guys like Bronson Reed. Who we guys like Braun Strowman. Who we want to see. Who have some athleticism. The the old school big guy just doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it it's just like doesn't. It's like it's like the old school center in the NBA. 
It just it's doesn't just, work like it used to. No. Well, like I'm you, sure. I'm sure at one point Omos would have been a star in a different generation. I just oh, don't know if he especially fits with this Vince, generation. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. one thing I will say, I do give props to Triple H for at least trying with him and trying to have him do something. I, I respect that. Who but, knows, man? That might have been Vince. I mean, we don't know. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure Triple H booked him like once, maybe. To at least, to at least give him a chance. I mean, there's just not a lot of you know factors that you know we want to you know see him again on our television screen. But uh, Christian, go ahead. All right, mine's a little bit of a ride, so just bear with me during this. Mine does go to Vince McMahon. Oh, boy. So, yeah, this is wild to me. So, Jonathan Coachman, who, if you guys don't remember, he was an on-screen personality as the general manager. He did some backstage stuff. He's worked with ESPN. Um, Dylan will know this. He, He actually has voiceovers in the Madden games. Yep. Yeah. Um, was talking about when he returned in 2017. He mentioned how him and Vince always had a close relationship and they had each other's back. Blah, blah, blah. And he goes on to mention how in his first stint in 10 years, he missed one day of work. And then in his, in his second stint, because he re-signed in 2017, both as an on-screen role and a backstage role, Mm-hmm. Worked there until 2020, which of course is the pandemic year. And he mentioned how he did end up missing more time throughout those years due to personal life problems. He moved to California, and so it was harder for him to be at every show. Well, during the pandemic year, they gave Jonathan Coachman a check for the work he had done, and he went to cash the check. When he got to the bank, Vince McMahon called him right before he was about to cash it and tell him he couldn't cash it because it was too big of a check. And Coachman told Vince, well, I need the money due to everything happening with COVID. I'm struggling right now. Can I please cash this? Vince had the nerve to say, no, that is too much money to cash right now. I mean, that's this is who we're talking about here. This is the guy that you know, we've been talking about that Dylan and I have been, you know, basically <laughs> talking down about for the last, you know, couple of years on the show. Um, you know, this is the guy that some people on social media defend. And I, I just don't know why. Um, you know, he sold, what, eight-something shares of his yeah. uh, TKO Endeavor deal, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. That needs to be all of it. And it needs to be all of it. I think it is trending towards that way. I think he's trying to cash in as big as possible, and then you know he's going to sell everything and be gone. But um, he's just not a good person. We, I mean, I've said it a million times, and um, I mean, if he goes goes away forever and I never see him again, I'll throw a party for myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the people like there is a weird corner of wrestling Twitter that for some reason defends Vince McMahon. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> I can respect what Vince has done because with all due respect, the WWE and quite frankly, probably wrestling in general wouldn't be what it is. If Vince granted was a psychopath and destroyed all the territories, but like he did build wrestling into like this conglomerate that it is now. 
I can give them credit where credit's due. Doesn't mean I got to respect them now, though. Like, I don't like the guy. Just needs to go away. Um, he needs to retire, move on, live in a cottage somewhere in Connecticut. It's and just, just because clearly there's people there now in place, and I think even in the like higher ups as well, not just Triple H. I'm not talking about just creative, but from stories I've heard, like apparently Nick Khan is a much better like listener. <laughs> Two concerns than Vince ever was, um, and and Ari, from what I hear, just kind of lets the wrestling guys do the wrestling things, and he just kind of oversees the overall budget, so he kind of stays out of the way and doesn't meddle. That's what they need right now. They don't need Vince McMahon in the picture. Sorry. Yeah, I mean this is this is irony, right? I mean Vince yeah. tried to weasel his way back in the company, and now look at him. Now he's you know. Might try to sell everything and um, yeah. try to get it makes money. You, it makes it you down. wonder because, like, everyone thought when the deal went down that this was like a conspiracy between Vince and Ari of like, oh, well, this is how Vince is going to take over control again. I'm starting <laughs> yeah. to believe that was a one sided thought. Yes. Yep. And that it was just Vince McMahon's thought and that Ari Emanuel, you know, he can see money flooding in with, with, the stories that Triple H is creating, the the events that they're doing. Hell, fucking Elimination Chamber is about to happen in a, sh- a stadium in Australia. What? That doesn't Sold happen. out. Yeah, already, yeah, br- breaking records already. Insane. The, the first um, SmackDown in January sold out. Yeah. In January. And, wow. you know, a lot of people say, like, we, 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 we give a lot of praise to this guy, but, like, Vince didn't do that. Triple H did. I get the WWE is the most recognizable brand in wrestling, but like you got to have a compelling was, story to fill stadiums. It was, it was dying, man. The, the ratings were down. Attendance was not always great for the weekly shows. Like, granted, they were still selling a lot of tickets for pay-per-views and stuff like that, but they really needed something. And yeah. tri- I mean, Triple H was the guy. Now look at it. Now it's the hottest thing in yep. wrestling right now. And now and I um, truly feel like Ari Emanuel is just like, well, I'm going to let these wrestling guys do what they do. Nick Khan's handling the business side of it. Yeah. It seems like really well. Triple H is handling the creative side as far as what we see on TV very well. And, you know, Ari's just going to sit there and let the money flood uh, in. We don't need Vince a lot of A lot of talent wants when Vince is gone. A lot of talent wants Stephanie to come back and maybe do a similar role. So we'll see what happens. I do think that'd be great for Stephanie yeah. to come back because everyone knows how we feel about her. But um, we're going to get into mine. Um, oh, man. I don't even want to say this. but um, So Vince always gets half of my reward or reward, half <laughs> of the award. But, um, but the other half goes to AEW. So everyone knows that AEW's booking has not been very good recently. This week, like Christian said, MJF faced Daniel Garcia for the AEW world title in the opener of Dynamite. Did you guys notice something wrong with the match? What about... What what were they fighting for? Because the Mm -hmm. last time I checked, Jay White had the title. So Mm -hmm. that means MJF and Garcia... We're not fighting for anything. Also, <laughs> if Daniel Garcia won, what was going to happen? We, we, do now, you, what's expect Jay, well, you expect Jay White to just give him the title? <laughs> Jay, it, it, it doesn't make any, like, it's just a very odd situation. 
Mm-hmm. It's just lacking logic. And remember, last week we had Willow lose a Fatal 4-Way on Rampage, wasn't on Collision, and then gets awarded a title match. I, I just... I, maybe I'm just a super big ultra mark like Dylan was in AEW in 2021, but I don't really understand. I, like, I'm just not getting it. Maybe maybe I'm thinking too much, but Christian, what do you think? I... I, I... I don't even know why he got the title match in the first place. I don't either. It wasn't on TV. It must have been on like a collision. I don't know. I I don't know. No, he TK just throws shit together now. It just doesn't. It just it didn't make any sense whatsoever. And let's not even. What about the Mariah May stuff? Oh God! So yeah. So like Dylan, I don't. I don't know if you saw this, but Mariah May was great in stardom. Um, she's been wrestling for a little bit now. She's gotten really good in the ring. They introduced her on a random backstage segment with RJ oh, yeah. City. And mm-hmm. now it, it looks like she's going to be like the sidekick to Tony Storm. Maybe they do something like the Mickey James Trish stuff. I don't know. But um, what a way to um, get an impactful signing like uh, Mariah May, just to kind of have her as a sidekick. No vignettes. No, the mainstream no fans not gonna. The mainstream fans not gonna know who it is, mm-hmm. and that's not even saying the big. What about the big announcement from last week? Tickets go on sale for all in in December, and that's your big announcement yeah. I, at an event that's next August. I, I I just not. I'm just not following what AEW is doing right now. A lot of it, but I mean their formula is overhype and underdeliver. At least yeah. when it comes to these freaking announcements now god on the flip side of it they it give no and then well not 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 that but on the flip side they give no build to matches and then the matches are pretty good usually like we enjoy Sometimes. what we see but like yep. there's nothing to really sink our teeth into because we don't yep. know what the fuck they're fighting over or why yep. this match is happening that's what AEW does they have their priorities in the wrong places Dude, I'm getting sick and tired of scrolling through social media. Uh, Tony Khan has a big announcement this Wednesday. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to tell us he bought us a, bought a new pair of shoes or something. Like, it's oh. always some dumb shit. It should have been the Mariah May stuff. Then it would have made it feel like it's a big deal. And yeah. We're not even talking about the big show wrestling next week. And also, well, so it's a 4v4. And now Brian Cage is on Team Callus. There has been nothing with yeah. Brian Cage and Team. Uh, what what are we? What's going on here? Like, uh, what, what what what? Where's the logic? Like, what? Well, I, I just I I guess I'm not understanding what's going on. It, it's like I've said, when AEW tries and does something good, it's really good, but we just don't get a ton of it. Yeah. I'm talking. By the way, I'm talking from a storytelling aspect, not necessarily. Right. Oh, I mean the, the the matches are great. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, the, but... Dylan said this a million times on this show, so sorry for copying. They're an indies bud or an indies company <laughs> with a bigger budget. Yeah, I mean you got you have a lot of talent on that roster. There yeah. there are some bright spots like Julie Hart's doing some good stuff right now. I'm even kind of warming up to Sky Blue. I think she might have a bright future. We're going to have to wait and see. But um, they just, man, they, they just need more logic in their booking. But um, And then I just don't know why MJF's not more mad about his title. But, you know. It, it's just a bunch of random 
it feels like it's something Tony Khan's writing 10 minutes before the show. Uh, there was a report on that. It doesn't the other even day. seem like he's writing it. He, if anything's on that sheet, Christian, it's just matches. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not telling stories. Yeah, yeah so he's not writing anything. Yeah. Well, that, that's what he does half the year. It's just his dream matches. Yeah. He's just Kyle and I in sixth grade writing down matches on a notebook paper. Yeah. All he's fucking doing right now. Well, I did it, that too, but <laughs> it, it, it's just really. I, I'm not going to say like the whole promotion struggling because remember, I mean, the, the attendance has not been as good. The ratings are down. It only beat NXT, the developmental NXT, by 10K. They didn't have any main roster people, and you beat that by 10K. NXT just got the CW deal. What, where are you, you know, going? So uh, I, it's going to be really interesting where AW goes from here. But uh, Dylan, uh, why don't you tell the viewers what we're doing next week? Guys, I. Yeah, so per tradition, whenever we get close to a WWE pay-per-view, we like to kind of dial the clock back and watch an older version of it. So next week, yeah. uh, with Survivor Series right around the corner, we are re- uh, re-watching and reviewing Survivor Series from 2005. Um, <laughs> I don't remember much of that. I <laughs> believe that was... I think it was just like a Raw versus SmackDown Survivor Series kind of thing. I'm not entirely that, sure. That was Triple H Flair, right? Maybe. I don't know. Angle, Kurt Angle and John Cena had a match. Yeah, I think, I think that was for the WWE title. Cena would have been WWE champion at the time of that Survivor Series. I think, I think, we, I think Triple H and Flair might have been for the World Heavyweight. Maybe. I'm not sure. Who I, I don't even know if I don't know I dude I, I it's gonna be interesting to see what uh, they yeah. have for us I'm sure Chris one. Masters is on the card somewhere oh 100 you know. percent he is because yeah, that that was be. with Carlito when um, Masters was a team they got to be on the show 100 percent but um, just a oh. really very interesting time for WWE but uh, we're gonna review it all and we'll break down everything that happens. Appreciate everyone listening to this uh, point. We definitely love the celebration of black and gold. So in 224, we're really going to try to start pumping those out a little bit faster. Um, Also, I got some pretty exciting news that we just talked wrestling awards around around the corner. And all the nominees will be out on December 17th. So mark your calendar on that one. I'm going to have everything ready. And we are real close to that date. But uh, appreciate everyone that listened again, like I said. And uh, we'll catch everyone next week as we're on the road to AEW Full Gear. Yes, sir.